collapse and you know many of the bicycle companies go under. How bad did the collapse affect the aggregate economy? Was it sectoral or was it regional or was this marginal? The collapse of the, the, the bicycle bubble um, it certainly seems to have affected the West Midlands because the bicycle industry was concentrated on, on Birmingham, Coventry, uh, that sort of area. And there certainly seems to have been some effect on, on the West Midlands. But in terms of the wider macro economy, the effects were rather limited. Why might that have been the case? Well, first of all, the bicycle industry was relatively small. Secondly, it wasn't a systematically uh, important and embedded industry. So you contrast that with electrification in the roaring 1920s. We're talking about the dot-com. These are technologies that are really embedded and are transforming economies. And the bicycle quite wasn't a transformative technology in that regard. And I think possibly one of the more important reasons is that banks weren't involved. The capital for these bicycle companies came through investors putting their money into the stock market. Banks weren't lending. And therefore, you don't get problems with banks then suffering when, you know, bicycle companies can't repay loans. So I think that's why it had limited effect on the wider macro economy. After World War I, the shape of global finance had changed dramatically. Uh, and then we experienced the roaring 20s in the US. Can we describe the buildup to the Wall Street crash? Yeah. So this is something that we really highlight in the book, this 12-year move towards the Wall Street crash. The US enters World War One in April 1917 to finance their the war effort. Uh, they issued the, the famous Liberty Bonds. And this huge marketing campaign uh, went behind the Liberty Bond issue. So you had people like Charlie Chaplin getting involved, the Boy Scouts of America. There's also a distribution network set up to gather all of this money and get it to the government. There's like door-to-door collection, for example. And this introduced Americans to investment and created this distribution stroke marketing network that then was going to play into the rest of the, the roaring 1920s. And large, large proportion of the US population. The estimates, you know, one third of the population bought Liberty Bonds. This is something that, you know, mass participation uh, in US commerce for the very first time. So war ends, the US experiences huge economic growth. People have got all the savings. What do they do with it? Where do they put them? There's no more Liberty Bonds. Well, initially they put them into corporate bonds. So a lot of US uh, corporations issued bonds and people invest in corporate bonds. And then they got interested in land. Uh, you know, you have several land booms occurring in the mid 1920s for so Florida. It's turned from a swamp into what we know it today. And of course, in Florida this time, you get the rise of Charles Ponzi, who who gave his name to the Ponzi schemes. And then they're investing in foreign bonds, particularly German bonds. So again, there's this idea that using the the marketing and distribution network, the US is able to channel funds to, to German local governments and to German national governments to help aid the German recovery after World War I and, and hyperinflation. But then roughly about 1927, house prices start to dip. And so money's taken out of housing. Germany enters into recession. So the German central bank had pushed up interest rates. So there's less money then going towards Germany in terms of its bonds. And so all of a sudden, people have to look elsewhere. So where else are people going to go? Well, the stock market. Because since 1921, the stock market has actually been performing very well, but it hadn't really attracted people's attention. But all of a sudden, it does now. And where are people investing? Well, it's these new technology stocks. So the big thing in the roaring 20s that leads to the Wall Street crash is electrification of factories and mass production. That's the transformative 
technological change that's taking place in the 1920s. You know, after that, there's, there's massive technological change taking place within telephone companies, food processing, chemicals, automobiles, airplanes, but it's mainly around electrification uh, and mass production. And these companies then are attracting all of this money and people are investing in these types of stocks. So how does the magnitude compare with other bubbles you studied in the book? And- the US stock market peaked in September 1929. Dow Jones Industrial Average was at 381 September 1929. That was a 